I was just trying to capture everything, trying maybe to understand, you know, as much as I'm seeing and as much as I live this situation. Um, and for me, it was like the the main feeling was like, I will die. I will never make it out. I will never survive. And for this, for me, it was like filming any of this would make the story survive, would make people see what happened, even if I wasn't there. So that's why like I kept filming, kept filming, kept filming. Then the idea and like maybe more thinking about is this good to show is this not what people would take from this how important people to see this these all came after we left syria and that's like give it another layer of like mm. existence because for me like i lost my country i lost the place where i was i lost aleppo i lost even maybe my dream of um fighting you know simply fighting uh on the ground so for me it was like any of this is showing that we were there we were existed you know we had that dream and we still have it and we want to do this change hello everyone i'm kim rowell a commissioner and managing editor and have worked with the likes of the bbc the telegraph channel 4 and itn productions i'm delighted to be hosting this next session for you at kindfest 2022 for which we have been joined together with the woman of the future podcast which is part of the woman of the future program a platform built to unlock a culture of kindness and collaboration among leaders and celebrate the successes of women all led by the wonderful pinky lilani cb EDL. Joining me is someone very special indeed. Wad Al-Khatib is a Syrian journalist, filmmaker and activist. Her documentary, For Summer, was nominated for four BAFTAs at the 73rd British Academy Film Awards, winning Best Documentary. It was also nominated for Best Documentary Feature at the 92nd Academy Awards, with Wad going on to receive the 2021 Academy Gold Fellowship for Women. Her coverage of the Battle for Aleppo won an International Emmy Award for Current Affairs and News for Channel 4 News, and amongst numerous other accolades, including the Chairman's Award at the Asian Women of Achievement Awards this year, Wad has also been included as one of Time's 100 Most Influential People. Wad, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having me. Now to start with, the podcast starts biographically. So could you tell me about your upbringing, where you grew up and what family life was like for you? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time <laughs> uh, and it's quite emotional for me just, you know, to remember. It's been uh, not just like a, like 10 years. Um, it's more like the thing that happened in this 10, ten years, which literally flipped my life and so many lives in, in Syria upside down. Um, I grew up in a small town in the middle of Syria. Uh, I was the first um, kid at home. Um, I was a little bit like uh, naughty maybe, or like, um, <laughs> or like headstrong. Okay, headstrong is um, a good word. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and naughty at some point. And um, I grew up, I consider my life really lucky with my parents, the life I had before, uh, the community I had before. Um, but also I think I was very aware as so many people in my age that like this is not the place where we want, where we have future. Um, and my plan was as so many other people is to leave uh, at the age when we finish like university, um, like to go outside, find our opportunities around the world, 
like living a free life. Um, and I think there was nothing, I think, before that was more like, it's more individuals, you know, like we've mm -hmm. never thought about community. We've never thought about being part of a change or something. And then the Syrian revolution started 2011. I was 20 years old at that time. And that's when my whole life changed. Um, I smile because I always remember that amazing change, you know, for, for better, for or more with more hope, with more like um like opportunities. Um and I understand where we are now, uh, eleven years later, uh, but also I still feel like that was I think very important and amazing memory in my life and hopefully in the history as well. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get into journalism? What sparked your interest to go down that path? So I was um, dreaming of being a journalist, I would say. Um, when I was like 15, 16, um, I always was thinking about what I would love to do in the world. And I love traveling. I love going to like some, I would say like problematic places around the world. Okay. So when I was really young, I was always like, I wouldn't, I would love to go and like cover wars, you know, like cover kind of difficult situation. Um, and I've never thought this is, would be like even close to reality because um, I think my, my parents were really like aware of the situation in Syria and they were like, you can do journalism here. Um, do anything else now, just like get your like career or whatever we can call it. And then, you know, when you finish, you can go outside and do anything you want, do journalism, do filmmaking, do anything you want, but not here, not in Syria. Because mm -hmm. I was also like, a little bit headstrong or a lot maybe I was like um I wanted to do it for some reasons I couldn't really uh, enroll myself in the college as like journalist or in journalism um also we have one um journalism college in whole uh, the universities of Syria okay it was in Damascus um and it has very 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 bad reputation of being uh, controlled by the government uh you know the, even the stuff you learn there is totally corrupt and wrong and right okay so it was like several reasons i i didn't do it i did marketing um and at the fourth year when the revolution uh, started the fourth year of my uh, university i um i felt like i can i can be part of this protest not just as a protester but also as um like an activist who can maybe film who can deliver you know these like sounds or pictures or videos that i'm able to capture um and was really for me like i don't know something like i i've i've loved i wanted to do i was always dreaming to do but suddenly i was in the middle of everything and i had just to keep going so i kept filming i learned a lot through the years um before the revolution i've never even understand you know like like cameras or we didn't even trust cameras because for us was always like the regime tools, you know? And then we, it became ours. It became like our way of uh, expressing what's happening, of documenting what's going on, on in Syria, especially like, because from minute one, the regime was denying everything was happening. So we had to do this. There was no other way that we, we didn't have like a free press, you know, we didn't have a journalist who can go and do whatever they want. So we had it to fill that gap and, document everything was happening 
And the way you film, for anyone who's seen the content that you make, it is you and it's very raw and it's very honest and it's capturing all all, all of what you're seeing. So in For Summer, for instance, there are scenes where you're sweeping blood off the floor, people are sweeping blood off the floor, two young brothers lose their sibling, the fam the families are trying to flee, which is kind of looked down upon somewhat, and then they're killed in the process and it's I don't know it gives me chills but um I can imagine for you there must be maybe I don't know if there is actually like is, is there kind of like a, a pull and a push as like this is too much no this needs to be seen like you say we're being silenced we're being censored how do you approach that so to be honest like when I was there I've never thought about any of this like of, of any elements about you know what even this material would be one day um I was very very much into that situation and into that moment um I, I was just trying to capture everything trying maybe to understand you know as much as I'm see and as, as much as I live this situation um and for me it was like the the main feeling was like I will die I will never make it out I will never survive and for this, for me, was like filming any of this would make the story survive, would make people see what happened, even if I wasn't there. So that's why, like, I kept filming, kept filming, kept filming. Then the idea and like maybe more thinking about is this good to show? Is this not what people would take from this? How important people to see this? These all came after we left Syria. And that's like give it another layer of like mm. existence because... For me, like, I lost my country. I lost the place where I was. I lost Aleppo. I lost even maybe my dream of um, fighting, you know, simply fighting uh, on the ground. So for me, it was like any of this is showing that we were there. We were existed. You know, we had that dream and we still have it and we want to do this change. And I think we had kind of, not, not only me as someone who was there, but also even people in the film and people in the community, we struggled a lot between two minds. One was, okay, the world is seeing everything, have seen everything for years. We'll see more, unfortunately. But, and none of this would make any difference. Not not any of sto of, the, of these stories would, would change something because if it would... If this would change, why it didn't change before? But at the same time, we felt like it might change, you know, and we had to keep going with this. We can't just like look at this and ignore what's happening or look at this and see, okay, there's nothing will be changed. Let's sit down and accept this reality. So, you know, like I was kind of struggling a lot between what difference we can make and also at the same time, I had no other options, you know, like that's the only thing I can do personally. Um, so that I think was like the main kind of struggle, like in all the times. Yeah, of course. And before I saw For Summer, I became aware of the content you were making. I think a clip came up on Channel 4 News of the yeah. baby that was born and they were, we weren't sure whether the mother and the baby were going to survive. And thankfully both did. But that was, I remember sitting in tears watching it. And like you say, that was your reality and as much as you've already alluded to the sense that you kind of were expecting that you would probably not survive this conflict this period as soon as you had your daughter you had 
something else to live for or someone else to be mindful of. Can you talk us through <laughs> how For Summer came about? And yeah, that process would be would be a great insight. Yeah, I think it wasn't just like something I would for like live for, you know, like when summer came, it was more everything we dreamt of as a better country, as a like future need to be like yeah. happen because now it's it's I have someone who's going to live if I didn't. And it's like summer and all this newborn like kids, all this new generation that, you know, when we talk about like freedom, democracy, we want a better life, better future. Like for me, that was all like as a kind of like a dream or maybe even like a thought I have. But then when I had summer, it was like, no, this is, should be a reality because I have someone who's going to be next. Yeah. Um, and everything I was saying was like had to be actions because there's no other way. Um, that maybe you just mentioned and was was like, I, I think, yeah, everyone feel something about, about that scene. Um, for me, like, I gave birth to Sama in the same room uh, three months before this this thing happened. So for me, it was not was just not just about like the situation and like seeing this war crimes in in front of your eyes, but it was even very very personal and heartbreaking like feeling. You know about I am a mother. I know what does it mean to wait some for your child for nine months and then never like come. Um, so you know like all of this feeling together and then when the baby like opened his eyes mm. like this wasn't just about this baby it wasn't about his mom or me as a mom it was about the whole future you know about whole Aleppo about whole like the worst circumstances and the worst moments we've ever had it just became like worthless like worth like worth something and not worthless because he really made it, you know, he he was born. Um it's what it symbolizes. it was what it symbolizes. Yeah, and you know, like that that uh like story went out on the news and then for me was when we decided to make for summer, it was like one of the main like moments, not just before and not just like within the film, but even uh, I can get like strength for the whole of my life because of that moment. Um, yeah, and for summer became like more for me the new tool that I have, you know, the new like something I can still fight with, you know, like for the same dream of Syria. Um, and just like the film took us like two years just to edit after we left Syria, and it was very just emotional moment and emotional like two years for me, um, mm -hmm. and a big, very, very, very big responsibility because. I didn't want to fail in this after I felt we lost everything. I wanted to tell the story. I wanted to keep it for my daughter, for everyone who lived with us in Aleppo, for everyone who we lost there. And was just like a whole um, fight for existence again in a new place, like I'm in London now, but for every Syrian who left and they want to be Syrians, you know, they want to still like feel that big dream of better country of a free Syria um and I I was just really so proud that I was able just to finish the film you know because for me it was like every second watching these materials and being responsible for you know delivering this story was just so so huge um responsibility 
I normally ask people if they have any role models or people that they admire that they not want to emulate or but you know they they see themselves wanting to kind of go down that career path or trajectory but I suppose for you maybe I could tailor that to ask where do you draw your strength from are there people or people that have helped reinforce what you're doing is the right thing and kept you on the right track and within what you know your action for summer campaign and all of that are there really important people or maybe even moments that have helped reaffirm that this is this is what you need to do yeah I mean there there are so many important people um they were as well before you know um I lost very 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 close friends who I would never met without the revolution um and for me like remembering them and see how role models they were for me and for so many people um it just something really makes me feel like I would say really sad but at the same time really happy that I was able to live with these people and sometimes it's very weird because it looked like never happened you know mm-hmm. but these moments of collective like strength we had as a community you know like to build everything from nothing um so many people around me when we were in Aleppo even now with the campaign with people who just like approach me because they've seen the film or because they want to do something because because of what they've seen in, in Forsama these are all very, very, very important. Um, people like Afra, who you have seen in the film, uh, Ula and Manal and Samar and so many other women who unfortunately I wasn't able to include in the film. Um, Hamza, you know, my husband, who I was just so lucky to have in my life. Um, Yours and his love story is quite it's quite nice as a you know, and as a side to what's going on. Yeah, and, and like just to understand for me, you know, that even with everything happened, the life I have now with him and being able to share the rest of my life with someone who really understands the deepest of my struggle, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it just so much like, I think, love from my city and to my city as well, with like having a really big dream of going back there to the hospital, to to my first house, um, like having Sama and Taima and understanding how lucky I am you know to get pregnant in that situation and have a two healthy babies um like Taima the one who maybe wasn't like a lot in the film but just to understand that I was able to like be pregnant there and go out to give birth to a baby outside when I I don't know if I will ever be able to go back or not but I have her with me you know I'm I'm having like one important soul which is growing up every day from that far place where I, I can't be today um I just also really lucky to have the team with me like people who've been working with us for years who all the time were passionate about Syria and about the situation and they work in a very hard circumstances like bearing all my you know BTSD and trauma and stuff and just being able to give me all this love and support um so i'm i'm really lucky and i feel like i should not complain about anything although i do a lot (laughs) it's just i think you're i i feel i have a lot to give back to these people and to syria you know to 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 this big i don't know like dream and love and and all of this so lovely to hear you you talk like that was it 
a surprise for you, maybe a, a very nice surprise, because For Summer has now won, I think, over 100 awards, which is bonkers. <laughs> Did you ever, ever in your wildest dreams anticipate the reception? I mean, not and uh, not process that yet. You know, I'm still <laughs> stuck in Aleppo so far. I wasn't able to process anything after, unfortunately. Um, and maybe this is something I don't want to process. You know, I don't want to move on. I don't want to feel like I'm in a new place, although I have to feel sometimes. But I think, um, I mean, the main thing which always feel like really a lot and overwhelming, like the the moments when we were editing and we were so busy, like so much into the story, um, when we've been told a lot, like to not put any expectation about the film. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, at that time for me, I didn't understand what that expectation mean. Like I've mm-hmm. never had a film before. I've never understand the industry. I've never understand all this like big platforms I was given later. So for me, I was like, yeah, I am not really having any expectation I was also very shocked with the displacement of Aleppo Mm. Um, and you know just understanding that the world outside don't really care about Syria and they didn't even maybe know what was happening so I had so many like things I just wanted to to do I want to tell people please like stop telling me congratulations that I left making people understand where we were and what is it which is totally different from what people could imagine you know like through the news and through Mm. like just stories um so yeah it was just like a very I had so much stuff to think about and then when the film was out and people were I mean reacting in amazing way and not just like reacting with tears and talking about it and whatever but people wanted to do something people were always approaching us saying like we want to help. We want to help in education. We want to help, like with the in hospitals. We want to do anything with sending money, with uh, teaching people, like online. With doing so much stuff, um, and it's just really amazing that even today, after three years of releasing the film, we still have at least one screening every day in one way around the world. People just you know like from small towns, big cities like different places they just want to show the film and talk about it and like bring Syrian people to talk about it and maybe the one thing I still feel like so like proud of and so happy to to hear when I hear like Syrians people talking about it Mm -hmm. and people maybe who are until today under the regime control and I got this like amazing messages on Instagram or Facebook like from people I mean the last one I, I always really mention is like a boy who was 10 when this happened and he he told me like I'm now 20 and I didn't understand anything about what happened and until I saw the film and I just want to tell you like I, I know it seems really difficult here in Syria but one day we will rise again and we will be in the street and everything you've done before as as like the previous generation will not go for nothing so it's someone really young and really like I don't know, just so impacted, you know. Yeah. The love and dedication you have for Syria 
just really runs through that whole film. And I've spoken to you before, and it's the part when you left to see an unwell family member and you came, came back with Summer. And my heart was in my throat for that whole part. I, kinda, I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you. But essentially, you could have been taken out at any part of that journey trying to get back into Syria to go back to the hospital because it was one of the only hospitals if not the only hospital left standing really and that's powerful that's really powerful to me I mean for me it was like anything but not to be like useless you know and hopeless and not be able to be there even if I know like like I'm not a doctor you know I can just like I don't do any other media work from outside helping other people to have connection or like support in any possible way. But for Hamza, not not even like being a doctor physically helping, you know, taking a shift, but more, I think more was for us, like the community that yeah. we can't just leave behind. Um, and that was our feeling towards so many people who maybe left earlier. Um, and at the same time, I think it just like, I, I don't think I would survive outside, you know, like just the feeling that, you know, so many people, you know, everyone, you know, every corner, you know, a lot of what's happening and you know how much needed you are there. Mm-hmm. And I was always really telling everyone, like, if you were in our positions, you would definitely do the same, even if you think not at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's an amazing moment. And how are you now? Are you having people support I suppose from not therapy but I suppose mentally that's a lot isn't it it's an awful lot are, are you are you good now are you working through it how how are you so I think the film give, give us so much like mean meaning you know of why we left and Purpose. I don't want to say accept that reality but give us like more way of uh, how to move forward mm. uh, and I think so many people around us now here, like Afra, her family, are around. Um, we have really good Syrian friends who've been through similar or different situation, but all of us together, we kind of share this kind of moments. Um, it's really hard. It's really hard to be out, not to be able to to be where you want really to be. It's hard to live this kind of separation between you don't want to move on, but you have to for your kids you know like we lived here now we have to speak English with them they are now having like a new life and we need to keep going with them into this because that's the least we can do for them but at the same time we kind of you know carrying everything with us forward uh, I just think really the the situation in Syria is not even near bad normal bad you know it's really bad really really bad and for this we just have to find our ways in simple stuff we can do and big stuff we can do and just like try to not forget you know um in any way and just you know being for me being here today talking about it more people will hear the story more people would listen more people would do something and that's for me what i can do as a as a one individual Okay, I have some quick fire questions for you just to finish. They're never they're not that easy, but let's give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> to start with, what would you describe as your greatest success? Oh uh, wow. Well. 
told you they're not easy. Um, surviving. That's a pretty big one. And your greatest failure? Um, a syncom. Are you still in touch? Are you still connected to people there? I mean, no, we can't even. And even with some family members who I really, really love, I can't even like take the phone and call them because I know this is might be dangerous. Right. Um, I kind of, you know, keep my eye on them and on what's happening. But it's really like not possible, you know, like as a normal connection. Yeah, of course. So the mantra of Women of the Future is kindness and collaboration. What does that mean to you in both your personal and professional life? Yeah, I mean, in my personal life, I has the amazing, you know, I would say partner and husband and friend. Um, and for me, like, I would never survive without him and without what we lived together and how we were both together, like, in this in more bigger like picture, all the people, friends and family around me there and outside and inside and everything. Yeah, I feel really lucky and supported because of this. On my professional life and having the team of Channel 4 News, Edward who like co-directed the film with me. I mean, without him, without them all, I will never be able like to do for summer. And that's like for me, a big, big, big depth. Um, I feel also like, you know, even now after For Summer, being able to get to take more opportunities to make more films, I have an amazing people around me and I always feel really, really lucky to have them. Is there anything that scares you? Um, I think forgetting, um, you know, I mean, the memories for me is, is a lot and is very important. And forget some details sometimes uh, make me really mad. I, I don't want to forget anything. And I remember a lot. I remember like in a very weird way. Uh, you know, like my brain is like this hard drive. I, I can't, I, everything is like there. I can download. And yeah, I can there. see and do a lot <laughs> of stuff. But I am worried that I don't want to forget. I don't want to move on. Um, I just feel like everything I've been through is not just like past, like it's very important for me even, it's the way how I see even the future. Mm. Um, and I think that's very, very important for me. What's next on your to-do list? Cause you're making another film, aren't you? Yeah, I'm making another film, which I'm learning a lot. And it's amazing, amazing, amazing process for me. Uh, it's about the Olympics refugee team. Um, so I'm, getting also into details with people who've been into extreme hard moments and journeys. And I think I've, I've just was also really lucky to be able to open my heart and like also to have their hearts open for me to, to share with each other, like this amazing and difficult journeys we've, we've all have and we are all survived so i think there's a lot to tell in this film and i just feel like i was really lucky to be able to, to do and to tell this story and i hope i would give it justice as i did with for some 
Wad, I could literally talk to you all day, but unfortunately that is all we've got time for. It's been so great speaking with you. And if anyone wants to find out more about the Action for Sama campaign, where can they go? Uh, please go to Action for Sama on social media or in our website and follow us and please find any way you can help in anything you like to do. I think you're brilliant. So thank you so much. But also a quick thank you to everyone who's helped us to organise the Kindfest Festival this year. A remarkable group of volunteers lovingly create this event for you. We call ourselves Team Kind. And if you want to get involved with them, it's teamkind.org.uk. And for more information about the Women of the Future programme, their awards and initiatives, you can go to womenofthefuture.co.uk. Thanks, Wad. Thank you so much, Kim. Thanks.